hello, hello, and welcome to the Be Healthy and Thrive podcast. I am your host, Brianna Wilkerson from Made Well. I'm holistic health and life coach and essential oils advocate on a mission to really empower you to be healthy and thrive in all areas of your life. So this podcast is all about that. It's all about seeing you thrive in more than just your physical health, but in your emotional, mental, spiritual, financial, relational, and vocational health. So you'll find solo episodes, interviews, as well as panel episodes, all designed to really encourage you and move you forward in your whole health and life. You'll also find bonus essential oil features really empowering you to know how to use essential oils in your everyday life. So I'm so glad you're here. And be sure to share the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, and let me know your thoughts. So let's get started. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Be Healthy and Thrive podcast. My name is Brianna, and here we are continuing part two of the No Flaw, Restoring Your Relationship with Food, Your Body, and Yourself series, and just really getting to a point in these areas, but in other areas too, that we are feeling like we're enough and we're more than enough. And so I have with me again, Nicole Krantz, who is a blogger and a foodie at Eggs and Donuts, and also um, past fitness coach that wants to get into something called fit and free or, you know, she's doing one thing at a time though. She's taking it very easy. And, um, we're just here now to talk about part two, but part one was just about introducing the series, talking about our journeys with feeling flawed today. We're going to talk about food. And so I was talking with Nikki earlier and we were just saying, um, the idea that there's kind of three main ways that we relate to food. And I've, at least in our experience and what we've seen in others too is seeing it as a friend, seeing it as a foe and seeing it as a fuel. So friend kind of being like, now it's not that you have to choose one and it's not like one's worse than the other because there are different seasons in your life. But often in my opinion, when I've seen as a food as a friend is that I'm going through something tough and food is going to give me comfort. So whatever it is, whether it's healthy or not, I'm going to go to it. And then there's food as a foe, meaning Food got me to where I'm at now, and I don't like where I'm at now, so I'm not going to eat it, whether healthy or not. And then coming to a point where you see food as something to be enjoyed, but as fuel, like something to nourish me so I can be my healthiest and enjoy the life I have. So Nikki, what would you say has been your relationship with food as a friend, foe, or fuel? Uh, <laughs> sorry. See you guys in an hour. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just like, like this cloud of like, oh my gosh. Yeah. No, um, like you said it spot on, like different seasons. Um, and you know what? Like, I think somebody is capable of seeing it as all three at the same time. You know, um, I would say even right now that I see it as all three at the same time. It depends. Food is so, unfortunately, food is so emotional. Um, like there's so much that you can be emotionally triggered by in your life, stress, happiness. Uh, we talked earlier about how food is pretty much always at the center of any celebration. Um, whether it's food or drink, there's always food or drink at any celebration. Um, but like anything emotional, like food is always pretty much around for most people, you know, and, um, just on a, I talked about this on my blog the other day on uh, my eggsanddonuts.com on my blog, said I'm a blogger. So on my blog, I talked about this saying, you know, like the struggle is real, that food 
food addiction is serious and people don't take it nearly as seriously enough as they should. Um, that it's, it's pretty much become okay in our society where like if somebody overeats, it's fine. You know, like, oh, they just deal with it through food. And like, we make light of it. We have a lot of jokes, like in memes or whatever, like people carry on with it in a joking way that like, oh, I like, I love food. And like, I'll be home eating pizza in front of the TV, watching Netflix. And that's fine. You know, like, or just, and I'm not, I'm not taking away from that because that's my idea of a Friday night anyway. Like, but I'm saying that, and if I were to talk about drugs like that, if I were to talk about alcoholism like that, if I were to talk about like, um, like sex addiction like that, then people would raise their eyebrows. They'd be like, Oh, you have a problem. You need to seek someone about it. But the minute that somebody just says, you know, like, like I'm a food addict, you know, like I'm, I use food as like, I'm addicted to food. Like people don't know what that means because food, everybody needs food. Not everybody needs drugs, but everybody needs food. Right. So like it can turn into a drug and sugar is eight times more addictive than cocaine. You know, so like we, I just hate that we make light of this issue when it's a serious thing that emotionally, like food can latch onto your life to where it becomes a crutch and it becomes necessary in a bad way. And it's no longer about fuel because you need food to stay alive. Like you need it to stay alive emotionally, you know, and it's not just physically anymore. And so I think that's where that hardship comes in. And because it becomes something so dangerous and bad for you, you end up hating yourself, right? And you hate it. You, you then hate the food and it's a foe. And, you know, and you're like, you hate that. You hate that you're addicted to it. You hate that you need it. You know, why can't I just like drink my calories, like liquid diet or not eat at all. And then you're getting into eating disorders now. Like, it's this really rigorous, really bad cycle where first it was my friend. Now it's my enemy. And I'm trying to get to the point to where I'm using it for fuel to eating good things. But it's hard to get to that place now because I've been feeding myself bad things for so long. So that's pretty much my journey where um, I have circled back and around and around the globe where food has been all three either different one at a time, Well, there was a point when I was super healthy, just like, Oh, it's only fuel. And I would be like, Oh, bad, bad girl. Like how dare not even to myself, like, Oh, like say that it was you. I'd be like, Oh, Brianna, like, Oh, you can't eat that. Like, no, that's so bad for you. And you become like the annoying friend that just gives all of the nutrition facts about food. I would be that person going around to everybody being like, Oh, you need to eat paleo. You need to like, Oh, that's just so bad for you. Yeah. Oh, like that's when it was the fuel. But then it moved from like something bad happens in my life or I get upset and then it turns into the friend. I'm like, oh, I love this cupcake. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but like it then moves to being unhealthy friendship and then I get angry at it. And then now it's my foe. So that's been my journey, just like everyone else's that like it, it has been, it's had its place in my life at different seasons. And I think you have to go through that sometimes just to know where you stand in each category and to know what each category feels like. I mean, I don't wish anything bad on anyone to like struggle through food or anything, but I'm saying that everybody has had their own stories in each category of it being a friend, foe or fuel. And, um, it's good to know how you react in each one, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love something you said too. I think the main thing is that when it does come to, it's such a vulnerable thing. It's so to actually share it. There's so much shame, so much fear that comes around. It's so much vulnerability because you aren't sure how people are going to respond. You're not going to sure if they're going to understand, yeah. you know, you know, cause if you say like, Hey, I struggle with all those other things. There is some sort of shame around it for sure. But there's, you know, there is actually, actually an overeating anonymous too. Like there are programs around it, but it yeah. feels because it's a normal thing that like you normally eat. 
So to say that, hey, I just eat too much, it's like, well, just eat less. I'm like, yeah, it's like, not I'll that just exercise simple. more. Yeah. And yep. so that's what gets us into this trouble on um, this never ending cycle of defeat where we yep. feel like no matter what, you know. And so I, we, I just really want to, you know, offer encouragement to anyone listening. Like, we understand. And I am also in a place where I get to where, you know, friend fill or fuel with food. And it's not what it used to be. Like, I don't feel in bondage to it. I don't feel like I'm like always, I struggled every day with it. But there are times that I'm like a more stressful season that I'm just going to go have some more raisins, which they're raisins. But hey, I'm trying to feed feed something. Or hey, I'm going to have some more chocolate. It's been raisins because I've been on the whole 30. But, you know, um, I just really want to give you guys freedom to say, please let us know. And whether whatever meeting you're listening to, if you're struggling with this, like you're not alone, there is grace in this journey and we haven't arrived. And to be quite honest, if there's something you struggle with, just like if someone struggles with alcohol, they need to be very careful treading back to places that have it. And it's the same thing with food. If you're struggling with not eating or eating too much, you just got to be, what are your triggers? You have to just know your triggers. And sometimes you're going to go in and just give in to the trigger. That's okay. Like there's grace in the journey. And I think we live in such a society that says grace is there, but it doesn't really offer the grace. And you need to just start offering that for yourself. Yeah. Um, And know that. God offers that grace. I think I'll just even share my story. I remember when I, you know, I've been a Christian for a while and I went to Christian school and I remember going to Sunburst in a university in Florida and just that that particular time it was on God's love. And I just remember being undone and him just really understanding that God loves me forever. It doesn't matter how much good grades I get. It doesn't matter how perfect I am with food. But I remember in that moment confessing to actually my staff work at some, Hey, I struggle with eating. And for the first time being like, I acknowledged someone, Hey, this is actually a problem. And for them to be like, all right, let's work through it. And you know, like I understand and you know, God loves you. And I'm like, Oh, thank you. But it was honestly me getting to the point where I actually didn't need that response from her, but in the sense that I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm good the way I am and I'm enough and I'm struggling with this, but I don't no longer want to struggle with this and make it define me. So I'm going to take steps towards not making it define me. Right. And what steps are those? Well, one telling someone that I trusted and knowing that whether they hold me accountable or whether they were praying, whatever. Um, but also I think it wasn't actually till a couple of years later that I really started the journey. I mean, I still, I felt like I no longer felt shame from it, but I don't feel like I completely changed my eating habits and lifestyle completely then. But it came to a point where this is where I made, made well started. Uh, I just realized that like God was like, you're not living the full life that I have for you because I just want you to be better and be healthier. And I said, you know what? I think I'm ready to be made well. I think I'm ready. And it was, and it was coming out of a place where I'm going to care for my body and my mind, my soul, my spirit, not because I feel like I have to or I'm not enough, but because I want to love myself. Yeah. And that was when the shit, things lasted. Because I had same, similar, you know, yo-yoed big time for a long time. But I didn't, now I've stuck I yo-yo. It's not that big because yeah. I took the small steps and they were small. I just started walking and I loved walking. And then I started running a little bit. Then I started doing this. And then I started changing slowly, but surely. And I had fun and loved myself in the process. I wasn't like, I'm going to exercise like this because everyone's exercising like this, Yeah, you know? And yeah. so I think it's when you come to the point where you're like, I'm going to do this for me and I'm going to do it similarly where you're at as slow as, excuse me, as I need to. 
um, get the accountability that I need, but give myself grace along the journey, it's going to stick. It's really going to stick. And so those were kind of some things that I did. Yeah, no, exactly. And you had to go through like, you had to go through the huge yo-yos to know how to not be, go back there. You know what I mean? Like I, we all still yo-yo. You're never going to be like, Oh, I'm fine now. Thanks. It's just going to be constant. It is going to be yo-yo like where like, okay, I'm not having, a, I'm not having the best month or the best week or the best year or whatever, but I will never return to where I was because I've learned so much in the process, you know, um, where my mind has changed enough to know that deep down, I will always struggle with food being a friend and like using it as a crutch and like and I'll teeter totter that plane always back and forth, but it's never going to be where I hold on tight to it forever because I have walked away from it once and it was meaningful and it was real where I walked away from it, understanding this cannot be this way for my own health sake, you know? And until you come to that realization point, you know, that's when you will take steps to walk away as slow as possible, as fast as possible. Like it depends on where you're at because people can just change cold turkey overnight. Like I remember when I was introduced to paleo, I just, I was at the point where I was so done with wanting to like eat for like emotional comfort. I was so ready that I like, I changed every, everything that I ate overnight. It was not slow and gradual. I literally was like, here's the list of foods I can eat. Okay, cool. And I just changed everything. Yeah, I had awesome results, whatever. You lost the weight because your body's changing and you're eating better foods. Okay, cool. That was awesome. But what the really, and that was a side bonus, but the main thing that changed for me was, oh, these foods are actually good for me. Like, and I, and I learned why doing Whole30, I learned how my body received that food and it felt good to be in control of giving my body good things. And that was really what I was happy about. Now, of course, yeah, like a brownie really tastes great and like pancakes taste great. And so you're going to want to go back to those foods, but I know when I can afford it. And on a more practical level too, I just want to encourage everybody. People will say this forever and ever, and it's the truth. Like for me, what has worked for me is keeping myself a journal every day. For the past 310 days, I've kept a food journal and that helps me a lot. Like I know that like that, because if I write down and I see what I'm eating, and I see how much of it I ate, I'm like, okay, yeah. Like it just, it really reinforces information in your brain that like, maybe I should eat something a little bit better or like something that's a little bit more filling, something like in a positive way, you know, where like a little bit more protein based, like something like that, that helps reinforce a positive decision-making tool for yourself. If, cause then you have to keep yourself accountable and write it in your journal, write it in your diary. I use my fitness pal that helps me to stay on the straight and narrow a lot better than I would if I just ate whatever I wanted all day long. That's just me. Somebody else can maybe doesn't have to keep a journal and that's awesome. But for my mental strength, I had on a practical thing, tool tip using that app really helps me. And, um, it's not about counting calories. It's not about counting your macros or whatever, unless you're at that level and you have a positive nutrition coach to help you through that. Then, then they, like they know a lot more than you and to keep yourself healthy then that's great. But what the point is to use that app for me, it's just to keep track of what I'm eating, you know, and, um, I'm able to look back in my day and be like, okay, yeah, I should have actually had a little bit more here or whatever. And that helps on a practical level because I mean, we can talk to you all day long and say like, oh, you know, just don't do it. Or like, oh, well, you know, just love yourself. But like that, that's a personal journey and how to get to that place, you know, like on how you love yourself and when you arrive there and 
I just want to encourage people like, yes, we want you to love yourself. Yes. We want you to do all these positive things, but the best thing too, practically is, um, to keep a journal too, to, to try it out and see if that works for you. Um, very easy, very simple, nothing too dramatic, just using something like we said, think up in the last um, conversation, um, to help declare affirmations over your life and positivity. This is something too, like using a practical app that's there for you to help you stay to, on something to reach your goals, you know? Um, and that's, that's really helped me in that way. And I love that you pointed out that that works for you, but it might not work for everybody, right? Because I, when I first started my journey, I did do a food journal. I didn't do exact measurements and stuff like that. But as, as someone though, who has struggled with both ends of the spectrum, like being scared to eat and then eating too much, actually my fitness pal stresses me out. Like I I try and I'm like, oh crap, I ate too little or I ate too much. So then every time I think I ate too much, then it's like, okay, I'm going to eat little, little, and I'm actually not eating enough. Yeah. And so for me, I mean, and it might change in certain seasons when I have certain goals, but on a general basis, what's worked for me um, is finding foods that are, that I really enjoy that are nutritious for me and then just making them often. Like I don't need a lot of variety for breakfast. If I do eggs with scrambled veggies and some fruit, I could eat that every day. And then maybe I'll add a little sausage or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, me and my husband, like we, 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 maybe there's five, six, seven meals that we'll just kind of rotate. And then maybe once every once in a while, we'll add, um, a new one. And so that works for me is more. So of course I am applying quantity because I have I've done this a long time. So if, you know, what Nikki's even saying, quanti- yeah, quantity and quality are really important when it comes to food. Yeah. But, you know, I think for me, the big thing, the big shift for me was like, okay, well, I'm going to make sure the quality of the foods that are, that I am are really good. But now I do zones. So I actually do do portions. I just don't track it in my fitness pal to look at the, the nitty gritty because the nitty gritty stresses me out. So we weigh our food now, but that took me about four or five years to get there. Right. So Give yourself grace along the journey. Pick one thing that you know will help you. So doing my fitness pal and tracking is good. If doing something like the zone, which is just you measure your food and you do it in blocks. Similar. Mm -hmm. um, If just changing your foods, like I have tons of recipe, like um, recipes, I'll link them in this, that you could, that's maybe that's where you're starting or even, you know, whatever it is. Yes. Reflect on it. Think it through. Give yourself grace, but do something to change it. Yeah. Change your habits. You got to change yeah. your mindset and your habits, right? Yeah. Around this. And so. even on a more general step too, like, like just real quick, like it could be something literally as simple as like, I usually have five diet Cokes a day. Well, actually the way that I'm going to make a positive change today is to have three. Okay, great. That's two less than you used to do. Like, and then you just, there's, I mean, I talked about cold Turkey, but then there are gradual mm-hmm. changes you can literally do that were like, oh, I shouldn't be having Diet Coke. Yeah, but you drink it. I'm not going to get into that conversation with you about why you shouldn't shouldn't drink it. Yeah, You're drinking it. How about you just drink it less? I usually have five slices of pizza at night. Okay, well now how about you just have three tonight? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a positive change because it's less than what you used to have. And right. then eventually you'll get to, I only have three slices of pizza once a week instead of every night. Like it eventually gets to that place, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, because yeah. that had that was my experience too, right? Like even in yeah. regards to diet cokes, I used to drink them all the time, and I, I slowly and then eventually <laughs> was like, I don't want this anymore, right? Yeah. And I had a client who she used to just love drink coke, and she did that. She just had less, and okay. it was a process. And so, yeah, definitely, the small changes matter. 
And so really think about it uh, as you as we as you go, go through this series and even as you get um, the free resource, the um, the journal, just as you reflect, what is your one step from here to restore your relationship with food? It may look different than Nikki and I's. Maybe we prompted some sort of idea. Write it down. Share it. Awesome. All right. Anything else though, Nikki? No. No, I think you shared your tip there. Yeah. So anyway, okay, guys, make sure you check out the resources. There's going to be a free um, journal where you can work through the stuff in the series. There are two master classes where we're going to go deeper into these topics, talk it through, and take away some practical things like affirmations. And if you're here locally, some blends around this topic emotionally. And then, of course, my Flaw to Flourishing six-month coaching program, which opens for registration March 19th. If you're interested in getting support in something this, how can we start to flourish in our whole health and life. And so thank you so much. Um, stay tuned for part three around the body. Okay. The body. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Be Healthy and Thrive podcast, and I hope you are leaving feeling equipped, encouraged, and empowered to truly be healthy and thrive in your whole health and life. So share this podcast with others, subscribe, and let me know how it impacted you. And of course, be sure to check out the corresponding blog post that has all the links to the free goodies that were mentioned during the episode. That's it for me for now, but I will see you soon on the next episode. Bye.